Joshua chapter number one, starting with verse one, a lengthy reading. Uh, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Joshua 18, verse 1. Joshua 18, verse 1. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go possess the land which the Lord uh, God of your fathers hath driven you? Give out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them, and they shall rise and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance of them, and they shall come again unto me." One more place, 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit and to obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you. Peace be multiplied. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith into salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than, than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found into the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, 
whom having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice, uh, rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. <clears throat> Again, I desire your prayers. I thought about this all week and really put uh, quite a few hours into studying it and, and still have no idea uh, how to bring this about. But I was thinking this week uh, just about our inheritance. Um, and an inheritance is something that, uh, that really you don't earn. You're, uh, most usually an inheritance comes just because uh, you were born and you have a birthright. And so that uh, I've not, not received an inheritance physically, mom and dad are still alive, but uh, no doubt mo- a lot of you have, and, and, uh, and, and you receive an inheritance uh, not based on what you've done, uh, but just based on who you are. And most usually you receive it uh, when, the, uh, when, when someone else dies. Uh, in other words, what I want to stress is you don't die to get your inheritance. Somebody else does. And then you uh, receive the benefits uh, of what they give unto you, uh, not for any good that you've done, but just simply because who you are. And you were born unto them. Uh, now I've read in your hearing this, um, this morning in the first chapter of Joshua, uh, they had come to the place where, uh, where God had brought them uh, through a waste-howling wilderness. Uh, because of their unbelief, so let me just back up, uh, that uh, before uh, or after they left Egypt uh, and crossed the Red Sea, and they came to that place, and God gave them the Ten Commandments there, and, and you all know that story, but, uh, but there's two verses of Scripture back to back that are astounding to me. Uh, it says there are uh, 11 days journey from where they are to get to the land of promise. That's it. Just 11 days is all it would take them. And you can imagine coming out of slavery for 430 years and waiting for the promise to come that God promised Abraham. You see, I believe uh, that, that there were some people uh, that, that lived in Egypt land that held on to that promise. Now that, I believe Moses had a mom and dad that held on to that promise. And I believe from the time that Moses was born, I believe that they had told him that God is going to raise up and deliver. Where they, they knew it was him, I have no idea. But I believe that there were some that held on to that promise. And the day finally came and they left Egypt just as God promised that they would. And you, uh, you can imagine the excitement uh, and the terror as they saw the hand of God come down and, and He said, I'm going to separate you from Egypt uh, and you're never going to look on their face again. All the trouble that you had there, it's all behind you now. And He watched as they uh, crossed or they watched as God divided the Red Sea and they walked on dry land. And they finally are late that they've left Egypt. It's, it's all in the past. Uh, but then uh, there's 11 days and the excitement had to be there. In just 11 days we're going to inherit all that God has promised that He would give unto us. But the next verse says, in the 40th year, they were still looking. Uh, so they went from 11 days 
to 40 years. All because of unbelief. That's what it was. I said the other night at Carthage that, uh, that, uh, that unbelief is, uh, is the sin that God despises the most. And I said that because uh, under it, it is an umbrella of every sin that you will ever commit. Uh, but it starts with unbelief. Uh, because if Adam and Eve uh, hadn't have uh, eaten, then why did they take of that fruit? Uh, because of unbelief. Uh, because Satan had said unto them, You shall not surely die. And they believed him more than they believed God. And so it was unbelief uh, that birthed sin into this world. And so unbelief caused uh, the children of Israel uh, to walk 40 years. And in that 40 years journey, everybody over the age of 20 died except for Joshua and Caleb. And they were the only two uh, when Moses uh, sent out spies into the land of Canaan. And they came back and they said, we found uh, that land to be exactly what God said it was. A land that flows with milk and honey. And they brought out pomegranates. And they brought out clusters of grapes that were so large it had to be born and carried by two people and bared upon their shoulders. I mean, it was exactly what God said it was. And they were on the journey there. But they found something there that, that they didn't like. They said there are giants in that land. And as much as that land is a good land, I don't think we can stand and face those giants. They are simply too big for us. He said we look like little grasshoppers in their sight. And so it was unbelief that caused them to miss out on their inheritance. And so now we come to the place where, where Moses, the man of God, is dead. Uh, you can read in the, uh, in the chapter prior to Joshua 1, uh, I believe it tells how that God uh, brought Moses up to Mount Nebo, uh, took him up to the top of Pisgah, and said, Moses, now you can view, uh, you can see the land that I swear unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, you can see that, but you're not crossing over, and that's another story in another sermon. Uh, but he said, Joshua, uh, because he's been faithful, Joshua is going to lead these people. And Moses died on top of his cup. And my friends, I'm afraid so many of you here today are on the top of Pisgah. That you may have been able to see on the other side, but you've not yet journeyed into that land. And so, so Moses went to the top of Pisgah, and it was Joshua who was going to take them from there. And the Bible said Moses, the man of God, was buried by God in that mountain. And that no man knows where his grave is at but God Himself. And so now in Joshua 1, uh, God is telling Joshua, I was with Moses. And just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to begin to magnify you in their sight. Just like I did Moses. And He said, Joshua, He said in uh, chapter 1 verse 3, Get over this Jordan. 
and get to that land that you've been searching for all these years. Joshua had been to that land. He had seen that land. My friend, he had walked through that land. I believe he wanted nothing more than to get back. And so, so it is. He said, now, get across this Jordan. And I read that to you last week, how that God dried up the river Jordan. And they walked over. And so I know that lots of times we use the crossing of the Jordan uh, to, uh, to portray the crossing of this life into the next. And you can absolutely use it that way. And there's not a thing wrong with using it that way. I think it's a good picture and it's a good analogy uh, if you do use it that way. Uh, but I'm going to use it in a different way this morning. Uh, you see, I think the probably the most pure way that you uh, can portray this, even though there's nothing wrong with that way, and I myself have done that different times, uh, but I think the best way to interpret this uh, is that Jordan uh, is, uh, is, uh, is your own unbelief on one side, and on the other side is the inheritance that God has prepared. Uh, but in order to get from one to the other, You've got to wade out into a river. You've got to wade out and away from that unbelief. You see, many of you have been to Pisgah. Many of you have seen people get saved. You've seen this church or wherever you go, you've seen people rejoice. You've seen people shout. But you've never left Pisgah and went into the land of promise. Can I say to you this morning, God has an inheritance prepared for every one of you under the sound of my voice. But in order to receive that inheritance, you've got to get across the Jordan. You've got to. You've got to when He knocks at your heart let you know you're lost without God. You have to step in to that river. You have to step in. You have to believe. I realize that I'll get in trouble for easy believism when I say this, but please don't take it that way. I told him Wednesday night, I, I never use the word accept Christ because I don't want to be portrayed as one that preaches easy belief. But there is one thing you must do. You must accept who He is and what He's done or you'll never be saved. You must believe or you'll never be saved. Uh, we were... Last week or the last couple of weeks at Hogan's Creek, and I saw it there, and it was made mention. It seems harder for whatever reason today. It seems harder to reach the lost. It seems harder today than it used to. And it's probably because of the fact that men will not humble themselves down anymore. I got news for you, dear friend. You will never, ever get saved. Except you humble yourself under the hand of God. It will never happen. You will never do it. You must come out. You must humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And so there is an inheritance. And Joshua was commanded, get across this Jordan. And so in this instance, I believe the Jordan is a perfect picture of salvation. By grace through faith. Because you see, it was of grace through faith that they ever crossed in the start with. They had not the means to get across. 
There wasn't a bridge there. There was no way for them to get across except God would work a work that only God could do. And I would say to you today, there is no means for you to cross from where you are into the land of promise except by grace through faith. It's the only way. But there is a bridge and His name is Jesus. And you must cross Him and cross there. But if you cross Jordan, and the reason why I said it's probably a better representation of that picture is because if you picture Canaan land as heaven, well, I don't know about you, but in the heaven that I'm going to, there are no giants. There are no foes. There is no enemy to conquer. Uh, my friend, but there is here. There is here. Uh, so if you picture that Jordan uh, as crossing from unbelief and into belief. Now see, when they crossed it, uh, God had already given them the land. I want you to get familiar with that. God had already given them the land. As a matter of fact, He gave them the land 430 years before, I guess 480 years now, before they crossed. 480 years before, he already given it to Abraham and his seed. And he said, Abraham, everywhere that you walk, every step that you make, I'm going to give you this land. And you're going to give it to your descendants. And they're going to multiply. I want you to realize today, child of God, that you have an inheritance that everywhere your foot travels, God has given you that. You might say, what do you mean by, I mean the inheritance, I read it in Peter, to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven. But there are some things that we get our inheritance down. Now remember, in order to get an inheritance, why should I have to die? That's not how an inheritance works. See, a lot of people think I'll get my inheritance in heaven when I die. And my friend, uh, uh, to an extent, I see what you mean, uh, but you don't have to die to get that inheritance. There is one already died and left it to you. It's yours now. Well, what would you do if you got, I know there's scams going on, and what would you do if you got a legitimate thing like this church did not too long ago from a reputable law office that said you stand to inherit uh, this money uh, because uh, this man passed away and he left it to you. Well, we didn't do anything. He left it to us out of the goodness of his heart and I guess God directed him that way. Uh, but if you were to receive that in your mailbox tomorrow from a reputable law office and said you have an inheritance, would you not take the day and go claim it? Would you not? Would you not at least search it out? Would you not at least see if what it said was the truth? If you didn't even search it out, if you just tossed it in the garbage, uh, you've done the man that left it to you a huge disservice. I want you to understand today, a sinner friend, if you don't at least search out what God's got inherited for you, you're doing that man a great disservice. You're doing the God-man a great because He died to give it to you. See, you would take the day and you would go and you would search it out. And you would plan stuff. Nothing wrong with that. You'd plan what you're going to do with that inheritance. But the first thing you would have to do before you could gain it was you would have to at least inquire, would you not? And so 
God has an inheritance that He died that I have received not because of anything I've done, but because I have a birthright. That I was born, as we talked about Nicodemus in Sunday school this morning, and Jesus said, Nicodemus, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. You see, when I was born again, and when you were born again, we were born with a birthright to an inheritance. I want you to mark that in your Bible. We have an inheritance. Yes, there are things we're going to have to wait for. But there are things you have while you are here and alive. Joshua, get over this Jordan. And Joshua did. And I will not get into that story again. I preached it last week. But see, now they've all crossed the Jordan. They can't go back. I'm afraid that so many of you have walked as they did in 40 years. Do you know how close they came to the boundaries of the land of promise? Well, they walked all about it. They walked right beside the border. But they never crossed over. I'm afraid that so many of you have walked right near the border. Right near the land of promise. And you've never set foot into that promised land. How sad is that? It would be silly. It was silly for them. It was silly for them to be that close. Now let me tell you something. You've been brought to church your whole life. I said last week, hey, if I were to ask you, sinners, not safe, Sinners, those that have never been born again. If I were to ask you about the plan of salvation, I'm confident uh, you could tell me uh, a lot stepping back. You could tell me exactly how and why you need to be saved, and you know that here, but it's never in our Now I tell you something that's silly today. It is absolute insanity uh, to know the way and not the. It was silly for them. Everything that they had wanted was right across that border. I want to say to you, everything you could ever want is right inside, uh, right at your grace. But you're just doing what they did. You're walking on the outside. Uh, walking afraid to step foot. And uh, maybe some of you have been saved. You have crossed the Jordan. You have your sins forgiven. Uh, you have been there. Uh, can I tell you something? Uh, you can't go back. You can't go back across. Once you've crossed it, you're across. But some of you are so afraid to begin to walk through that line. Can I say to you, there is absolutely nothing to fear. That's what he was telling Joshua. I will drive out every enemy if you will believe. If you will keep my commandments and my statutes, and when you come across those giants, I will deliver you. So now we come to the 18th chapter. And guess what? Five tribes of those twelve have their inheritance. Five tribes have seized and laid hold of that promise. But what did I just read? There were seven tribes that had not yet received their inheritance. Why? Why? Joshua asked him that question. He said, let me ask you, how long 
long are you slack to go and possess your inheritance? He said, just get out. Begin to walk through the land. He said, and I'll divide it up. Can I tell you something? Jesus Christ, Joshua, matter of fact, Jesus' name in the Hebrews, Joshua. And Joshua was a type of Christ dividing the inheritance. Jesus Christ. Let me ask you. Well, let me ask you what Joshua asked them. How long are you just going to wait around? I've got news for you. There's coming a day that door of mercy is going to shut. How long are you just going to sit there? Now, preacher, I've been to the altar. I know. Have you been saved? Have you been born again? If you say no is the answer to that, I would ask you how long are you going to wait before you try again? And friends, this isn't no. It's not a game. We were down seeing Miss Clemens Friday, and, and it, like I said a while ago, it looked like it looked it looks like, at least from my perspective, that that she's reached maybe the end. I mean, I got to thinking about somebody that's lived for the Lord all of those years and the inheritance. Oh, can I tell you something today, church? Those that have went before you have left you a glorious inheritance in the gospel. Yes, sir, they have. And so I thought about that and how it's passed down. I was talking to Sherry and, and she was telling me Mary and Thomas were there. She was telling me about when Mary got saved eight years old. And she said, the first thing, I want to go tell Nana. And Thomas, she said, was 15, had his permit, but he couldn't even drive. The little feather had to pull over and get out and begin shouting around. I'm telling you, that's an inheritance. And she said she went and saw Cadence. And apparently Cadence had been saved a few months before. And see, she wanted to tell people. She wanted them to know. I would ask you, how long are you going to make people stand in doubt? God has an inheritance for you. And once you cross, uh, once you make that journey from nature unto grace, uh, but a lot of people stop there and they just say, I've got fire insurance. I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. And maybe they're content with that. Don't you want a better joy than that? But there is an inheritance. And there's an inheritance that has joy in it. There's an inheritance that that I don't have to, there is an inheritance I'm going to get when I die. There's an inheritance into the land. When we go and step beyond the veil, absolutely we're a place where death is not welcome, where there'll be no grave stones, no sir, no sickness or pain or death. And I'm looking forward to that. But I want you to understand the inheritance can also, matter of fact, you already possess it if you're saved. You ever think about that? It's not that that you will inherit eternal life. Think about it. If you've been saved by grace, you already have eternal life. No man can take that from you. You already have your inheritance in eternal life. You have joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. But my friends, some of you, read what Jesus said in Matthew 11. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And you've done that to a measure. You've done that. 
Uh, you've done that. He's saved you. He's forgiven you. Now uh, you know down deep in your soul of that. But you've not yet followed through with the rest. Read what he says next. To take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Then you shall have rest into your soul. Some of you have made it across the Jordan. But you've still not inherited what God has in store for you. You've not begun to walk through the land. Uh, preacher, I'm scared. How do I know what I got's real? Uh, because the Bible says, uh, Paul says it this way in Ephesians, He's given us the earnest of our inheritance, which is the Spirit of God. That's how you know it's real. Because He's given us a portion of our inheritance. He's sealed us with the Spirit of promise that when you're saved by grace, you're saved forever ever. And never again to go back into Egypt. And never have to walk through the wilderness. I'm just trying to get you to understand you don't have to wait for your crossing. You have an inheritance now. And it's a good one. It's a good one. It's not your inheritance didn't come cheap, but it didn't become, you didn't gain it because you done anything. You gained it as a birthright when you were born again. We're going to have a baptizing here in a little while. And you know what that is? It's a picture. That's what it is. It's a picture. The reason why we believe in absolute immersion is because of a couple that the Bible says they came up out of the water. But it also compares it to a grave. Well, when somebody dies, you don't just throw them on top of the ground. They are underneath, buried. And so the water is the grave. And when you're, uh, when you're fully immersed and the water covers the top of your head, to the crown of your foot. You know what that's saying to the world? Uh, that I have died unto sin. I, I am being raised into this life. And if you refuse uh, to do the things that God has commanded you to do uh, in your life, you know what you've done? Uh, you've turned that whole baptizing into a lie. I mean, He wants you to walk in newness of life. He wants you to show the world you are dead and crucified to the world and the world unto you. And now you're living better than Harris. I don't have a glamorous life. I don't have one that many would trade places. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it with you either. It's not, it's not glamorous. But it's a good life. He's given me so much. And I'm not talking about things that you can see. I'm talking about joy. Unspeakable and full of glory. And I had my inheritance when I was born again. But my friend, if that's all you do, you're still saved. But He has so much more in store for you than just that. Salvation isn't the end. The Bible says, I read it to you in Peter, the end, receiving the end, your faith is at an end, receiving the end of salvation of your soul. Sure. But He's got so much more He wants to give you. 
so much more He wants to do for you. But you will never, never, never experience it until you first cross the Jordan. And after you cross the Jordan, then you have to walk through the land. Yes, sir. You have to walk among the giants. The land had already been given to them, but they still had to fight. The land, the inheritance God has already given you, you still have to fight. That's the way it works. The inheritance. What is it? Joy. It's peace. It might not seem like a good inheritance to the world, but I'll tell you what. When it's dark, and I turn my lamp off and I lay my head down on my pillow and I have complete peace that if I never woke another day, if today was the last sunrise I'll ever see, I have peace. That's an inheritance that's incorruptible, that's undefiled, that fadeth not away. And it's an inheritance I don't have to wait till I die. I got it the moment I believed. The very moment that I was saved, there was a peace and a joy came in. How can you expound upon that? It's by doing what Mary Massey did, by going and telling others, walking throughout the land, gaining that inheritance a little at a time. I don't know if I've done a good job with this. But you don't have to wait. Your inheritance, you can have it here. You don't have to wait till you die. He wants you to enjoy salvation. You will never enjoy it. Ever. You won't even get, you won't get the joy. You've got peace. If you've been saved, you had to get peace. But you won't get the joy. You won't get the victory. Until you begin to walk throughout this land. Until you begin to tell others. Listen to a testimony on the way down. Probably one of the vilest, meanest men I've ever heard speak in my life. Drunk, drug addict, tried to kill his wife in prison, out of prison. Wife couldn't divorce him because he'd kill her. God saved his soul. He has an inheritance. He's using that to tell others. Listen, God doesn't need you, but part of that inheritance is He brings you joy by allowing you to be in His service for Him. You see, He is a King. Let's not forget that. We talked in Sunday school, He probably had a King's burial, anointed with a hundred pounds of myrrh and spices. He is a King. You will bow to that king. Absolutely. Here or there, all of those in the earth, above the earth, under the earth, all of heaven, all of hell one day will bow and pronounce him Lord to the glory of God the Father. That king has left me an inheritance. I have royal blood in my veins. I am the son of a king. 
I am an heir to everything. You I heard now stop here. I heard a I read a story. Whether it's true, I have no idea. But I read a story not too long ago about an art collector. And he had a son and he taught him how to collect art very wealthy. They had Monet's and Van Gogh's and, and you name those famous painters, they had them. And, and so he taught his son how to look for art and how to collect art. And the son, the son enlisted or got drafted in the, in the military. He went away to fight. And as he was fighting, uh, he, uh, he, saw, he saw somebody in his company with him uh, that, was, that was attacked and taken. And he went and he saved that man's life. And in doing that, he died. He died. Daddy got a telegraph. And he just looked at his heart every day, day in, day out. He couldn't enjoy it no more. Couldn't enjoy it without his son. Christmas morning, there was a knock at his door. And this stranger knocked on this man's door. And he opened it up and he got a painting. And he said, I know it's not a Monet or a Van Gogh or a Picasso, but it's a painting of your son. Because he saved my life. I love him. And I painted this. Well, the man died. He hung that on his above his fireplace. And after the process of time, the man died. Now all these art dealers from around the world came and they wanted to purchase those priceless paintings. But the first one that was auctioned was the painting of his son, painted by a soldier. And nobody did. And the auctioneer tried and he kept getting lower and, and finally one man said I, I knew that young man I don't know what I'll do with the painting but he was a friend to me so would you take ten dollars and the auctioneer said yes sir sold ten dollars and then he folded it up and said this auction's over and the people they came for thousands of miles they couldn't understand it why right, we got all of these priceless things why and because the man said, uh, according to the man's will, uh, the father said this, He who hath the Son gets everything. Amen. I want you to understand that you are, if you've been saved, you have an inheritance. The minute that Jesus died, all of that was in doubt. But the minute that you know Joseph and, and, and Nicodemus wrapped him in spices, the minute he rose from the grave, you have an inheritance. And not just any inheritance. You know what Paul says? If you've been saved, I've been saved, I am a joint heir with Christ. What does that even mean? It means all that he has, I can say is mine. I can say it's mine. Well, in Him was life. Well, I have that. In Him was a lot of men. Well, I've got life. And I've got life. And I've got an inheritance that fadeth not away. Because I have the Son. Listen. You don't have to wait for your inheritance. But let me warn you. If you've never been saved, you don't have to wait till you die to be condemned. According to the Scripture... You are condemned already because you believe not in the Son of God. How long before you go possess the land? God give it to you. 
He gave it to you through the gift of his son. Some of you have been trying to be saved. Preacher, what else? I've tried everything good. You will have to get to that place where you've reached the end of everything that you can do. You mean people have been saved for thousands of years just on trusting and believing? Yes, sir. If you're trying any other way but repentance and faith, you will never get what you're looking for. Ever. It must be repentance and faith. And then all of that inheritance, not because of anything that you've done, but because you're now born, born of God, and a joint heir with His Son. God bless you is our prayer. Come ahead with a song. Thankful for my inheritance. Thankful for what's been left to me. Not from just anybody, but from the King of kings, and the Lord of hosts, and the Lord of glory, he has given me an inheritance. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy heaven tremendously. But I'm not going to wait till I get there to enjoy my inheritance. I'm enjoying it right now as we stand and sing.